Welcome back to Pure Skin Talk. How are you guys? Another week, another week into summer. It's very exciting. Fourth of July has passed. By the time you guys listen to this, my birthday has passed. And that means I'm another year older. I just don't know how the time goes by so quickly. But by the time you guys listen to this, I will be 44. And I just, I like, I, I don't, feel that. I don't, well, sometimes I feel that because I have arthritis, but I I just, how, how, like seriously, how? <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with getting older. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my God, where'd my youth go? But I just can't believe it happened so quickly. It's just, it's absolutely insane. But anyways, I hope you guys had a wonderful 4th of July. Mine was good pretty low-key, which is kind of what I prefer. I'm not a big fireworks person. I don't mind watching them from afar, but I've never been a big fan of like loud noises. (laughs) I don't know. I'm an 80-year-old woman. What can I say? But I do like watching them. So I get from where I live, I can see fireworks uh, from all over the city. So that's, so that's kind of cool. But you know, I have to, I have to stay low because animals and stuff and got to keep them safe and don't want them to be scared. So, you know, you can never be too far when you've got to take care of your, of your animals. And usually they're okay, but you just never know. So I like to, I like to stay close. So anyways, it was not a very exciting weekend, but it was just the kind of weekend I like, you know, spending time with my nieces and nephews and friends and family and all that. And that's just always my favorite thing. Anyways, I hope you guys had a wonderful fourth and I hope your summer is going great. It's a little cooler in Orange County right now, which is nice because we needed a little reprieve because it had been hot for so darn long. I mean, even June, where it's supposed to be like June gloom. Yeah, we didn't get that. It was hot, hot, hot. So it was nice to, it's just nice to have a little, a little break right now. So anyways, I think that's about it. Oh, I did want to mention, so I was talking to this client and I don't even really want to just call her a client because she has really become a friend. And we talk a few times a week, uh, usually over like text or something. And she was telling me that she went and got some electrolysis done. And at the appointment, this woman who doesn't know much well, I mean, I, sh- I don't want to say she doesn't know much about skin, but she doesn't know much about my client's skin. She doesn't know uh, anything about her routine or anything like this. I'm pretty sure this was the first time she met this woman. And she was like giving her advice, telling her that she needed to exfoliate more. She needed to do this and that, whatever. <laughs> my client's like, yeah, I have an esthetician and I'm going to talk to her about that. And, you know, and I guess really the point of my story is I don't really understand why somebody would give unsolicited advice like that. Not that I don't do that sometimes, but well, I don't really give unsolicited advice, but it's, you know, when I have a client coming in and and maybe she's just coming in for a brow wax and not necessarily skincare advice. I don't just jump off and say, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. If they ask, or the conversation is going in that direction, I might, but it's very presumptuous to just do that. And 
I don't, I don't know. I just think you got to be careful with people who want to just kind of tell you what to do. And I, I, I don't know. I don't understand that kind of thinking, but just be careful and don't let, if you're on a skincare routine and you're talking with an esthetician, whether it's me or somebody else, it doesn't matter. You know, don't let other people get in your head about what you need to do and how you should adjust your skincare routine. You know, it's not that you have to ignore them, you know, maybe take it back to your esthetician. And, you know, this client, her name is Julie. She, she came back and she was telling, she wasn't telling me because she thought she needed to change something. She was just telling me the story because she was a little outraged that this, this person was doing electrolysis, but then telling her about her skincare routine. But she was just really surprised. So the point of my story, you know, 20 minutes later is Maybe take that information, bring it back to your esthetician and ask her your, you know, her thoughts. Maybe that person saw something that your esthetician hasn't seen, or maybe your skin has changed or, or whatever. But I would go back and talk to the esthetician and make sure that you're not just changing your routine because some random person told you that maybe you should, because maybe they don't know what they're talking about. You know, maybe they're giving you bad advice and you just don't want to take that chance. So anyways, that's how I feel about that. All right. So maybe we should get started and get on with the podcast, because I think this is going to be a long one, but this is a good one today. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So we're going to talk about ingredients today. Now, there are, you know, thousands of ingredients. So obviously, I'm not going to go over every single one today. But I'm going to go over a lot of the popular ones. And this could really be a part one, part two, part three, part 20, whatever. But I'm going to go over the popular ones. And if there's other ingredients that maybe I could go over and do a part two, I will definitely... I will definitely do that because, you know, we definitely could do a part two. But these are the most popular ones I hear about the most. I'm sure I've missed some because, you know, that happens. But let's just get into it. Let's just get started. Okay, so we're going to talk about glycolic first, glycolic acid. And they're not all acids. Again, it's just general. We're just talking about all ingredients. But I do talk about a bunch of acids in this one. Okay, so glycolic acid. This started to become something to use for the skin in the late 80s, you know, early 90s. It was the first ingredient that really helped the skin without breaking the bank. You know, it wasn't too expensive. Glycolic acid is an alpha hydroxy acid, an AHA. It's a derivative of sugarcane. AHAs naturally occur in fruit acids and can be found in foods. They work by loosening the glue-like substance that holds dull and dead skin cells on the top layer of the skin, revealing new and healthy skin. Glycolic acid also stimulates the generation of new cells, and that results in improved skin texture, tone, and a brighter complexion. It's also been shown to stimulate the production of collagen and elastin. So the more you use it, the better the skin. Glycolic acid is also the smallest molecule of all the AHAs. Some of the benefits of glycolic acid include hyperpigmentation, post-breakout red or dark scars, acne scars, blemishes, clogged pores, fine lines and wrinkles. It helps with dry skin by removing the dead skin. 
Often I will have clients complain about dry skin and they will feel like nothing works to help their skin. And this isn't just like on the face. It can be, you know, on the body, the neck, face, arms, whatever. Most often it's because they are not exfoliating properly. Using a physical scrub is not usually enough. So something like a glycolic acid is great because it because it will dissolve the dead skin and then the hydrating products can actually work. Hydrating products being like something with hyaluronic acid or even something as simple as a grapeseed oil. You guys know a, a episode is not going to pass without me mentioning grapeseed oil. Come on. That should be a drinking game. This is best used at night. As I always say, use products that will protect your skin during the day and repair products at night. When using at-home products with this ingredient, pay attention to how your skin looks and feels. A little stinging is normal, maybe even a little redness. Some people experience flaking. Your skin should not hurt or feel sensitive the next day day. It's a great ingredient when used correctly because it can do wonders for the skin. But the strong acid when it's formulated correctly, when it's not formulated correctly, it can actually like hurt the skin and irritate the skin. So you just want to be careful with this one. And I am super careful as far as like recommending it because it is so strong. Okay, so the next one we're going to talk about is mandelic acid. This is also an alpha hydroxy acid. Its molecules are actually twice the size of glycolic acid, and it also penetrates slower into the skin, making it more tolerable for those with sensitive skin. So this is literally the opposite of glycolic. So why glycolic is super strong, mandelic is super gentle. It might be less effective than glycolic acid, but I often prefer it. It's great for acne and for anti-aging. Mandelic acid is derived from almonds. This is not an ingredient I hesitate recommending to clients because it is so gentle. I find that it sometimes might tingle when using as a cleanser if you have some active acne, but for the most part, you don't really feel it. When using as a serum, it can tingle a bit more depending on the strength. I love this acid so much that I will be coming out with a mandelic serum soon, so be on the lookout for that one. Okay. The next one we're going to talk about is salicylic acid. This is a beta-hydroxy acid, or BHA. It can exfoliate by dissolving the bonds that hold the dead cells to skin's surface. It is also able to penetrate into the pore lining and exfoliate because salicylic acid is oil-soluble, making it especially effective for reducing breakouts. I use this all the time too, especially for my teen clients. Again, it's not harsh like glycolic, so their tender skin can handle it. Salicylic acid in higher concentrations is also used for the removal of warts. Okay, lactic acid. This is another alpha hydroxy acid, and this one is derived from milk. Despite such natural origins, most forms used in cosmetics are synthetic because that form is easier to stabilize and formulate with. And it's also vegan. That should make all you vegans out there happy. It does this by breaking down the stuff that holds dead skin together, allowing it to shed naturally. 
Lactic acid is also hydrating. Another benefit is that it helps to strengthen the skin's barrier by encouraging it to make more ceramides, a major component of healthy skin. And we'll talk about ceramides later. Now, lactic acid can be a little tricky. I have found a few clients that have not been able to tolerate this acid. And I'm actually one of those people. I can't use it. And it's really interesting to me because it's so gentle or it's supposed to be so gentle and it barely tingles on the skin. I mean, it tingles for me, but it barely tingles on the skin for most people. And, you know, it's supposed to be derived from milk. I mean, even, even I know that it's synthetic, but that's just how gentle it is that, you know, originally it's derived from milk. But, and I always joke that like, oh, I'm lactose intolerant. So maybe that's why I, I can't use it. But clearly if it's synthetic, it doesn't matter. But I, yeah, I can't use it. So some, so, you know, there's just things out there that sometimes you just can't use no matter how gentle it is. And lactic acid is something for me that I just can't use. Okay. It took me a while to figure that out because I really didn't believe that I couldn't use it because it was so gentle. So I used it many times. And then finally I was like, okay, I might not be able to use this, but I didn't want to believe it. Anyways. Okay. So let's talk about retinol. Now I have a lot to say about retinol. Let's just get into it. Retin-A, tretinoin, vitamin A has so many different names, but no matter what you call it, it does great things for the skin. So let's discuss a little bit of the history of retin-A because I actually think this is interesting. So back in the early 90s, maybe even the late 80s, dermatologist Thomas Fitzpatrick, also the person who invented the Fitzpatrick skin type testing, was prescribing Retin-A to his acne clients. Since it was so important for him to show his patients how much to use for the face, he was constantly, probably a few times a day, taking a pea-sized amount and rubbing it on just one of his hands. He realized one day how much younger his hand looked compared to the other. That led to Dr. Fitzpatrick being of the doctor's instrumental in getting the FDA to recognize Retin-A for wrinkles. The FDA didn't approve it until 1995, but women were rushing to the dermatologist to get this miracle cream. Unfortunately, the side effects were too much because no one really knew how to use this properly for anti-aging. I don't know. People still don't know how to use it because people get so excited, so they just slap it on every day, and then they're like, I don't understand why my skin won't get used to it. Anyway, so many women gave up on this cream because their skin looked worse than before. The ones that kept going with it eventually got the results they wanted, but it took a few months. Now, we know so much more about this ingredient and can recommend products that will help the skin during the transition so people don't suffer as much. And then, of course, we have products that have retinol that are not prescription, like a retinol serum. Not as strong, but will get the job done. I personally don't think it's always necessary to hit your skin hard to get results. It may take a little bit longer, but in the end, you were only doing good things for the skin. If you listen to this podcast, you know that's how I feel. Retinoid, also known as retinoin, is derived from vitamin A and only available by prescription. Brand names include Retin-A, Retin-A Micro, and Renova. Other common syn- synthetic retinoids include include Tazerac and Ad- Adal- 
at oh my gosh, what is wrong with me today? At a at a at a adapaline, which is different and now sold in stores. Wow, I'm really just that tongue is twisting today. Retinol is a cosmetic ingredient sold in non-prescription products and converts slowly within the skin to retinoic acid. Retinol is considered to be 20% less potent than a prescription since it's time released. This is a good thing. Let me say that again. This is a good thing. If retinol is in a stable, well-formulated product, it is delivered into the skin over a few hours instead of all at once like a retinoid. That is why retinols are less irritating to the skin. But like I said before, they are still as effective as the prescription, just will take a little longer for results. Even if I didn't have sensitive skin, I would still choose a retinol over a retinoid. Okay, let's talk about different types. Retinol palmitate. This is a blend of pure retinol and palmitic acid and weaker than retinol. Typically, you won't see any smoothing or brightening results. You actually used to find this in some sunscreens. I mean, I don't know if they're still in some sunscreens. I really hope that they're not. So people would often burn. It's happened to babies too. I talked about it in a sunscreen episode not too long ago, but a baby burned because the mother didn't realize that this ingredient was in there and her baby burned because it was in there and she didn't know. And that's vitamin A. It's awful. So, so stupid. Who would do that? Anyways, retinol dehyde. This is a stable precursor to retinoic acid. Like with all skincare products, retinol products are not created equal. Even if the product contains retinol, it doesn't mean that it will give you results. Lots of things to consider, which is just another reason why over-the-counter products are not the best for the skin. Sometimes you are paying the price, but not getting the results. If you want to incorporate retinol into your routine, I would do it with a professional. For me, I have a certain protocol for how to add retinol into your regimen based on all the products I recommend. Now, I don't necessarily recommend retinol as much anymore because I have a new product called Rejuvenator that works with your skin. Retinols actually work against your skin. You still get great results, but it does work against your skin. The Rejuvenator, which has peptides, works with your skin. Does take a little bit longer than a retinol but the results you will get and they are amazing and my skin has never been happier. So the rejuvenator is really what I recommend the most. And by the way, the rejuvenator does not make you sensitive to the sun. So you don't have to worry about it when you're in the sun or if you're going on vacation or just summer comes, or if you live in Orange County and it's basically summer year round. So I love the rejuvenator and it's really what I recommend for everybody. But if people love a retinol, I don't tell that I never tell my clients not to get it if that's what they prefer. And I still sell the a retinol serum. I just think the rejuvenator, that's my number one. And then the retinol serum is my number two. Okay. If you use a retinol consistently, these are some of the benefits. Lessen brown spots, soften and prevent lines from forming. Lessen the look of wrinkles, make large pores appear smaller, encourage collagen production, turn cells over at a faster rate to trick the skin into acting younger. Hello, that's a good one. And give the skin a smoother, more even toned texture. By the way, my rejuvenator does all those things too. 
Here are some things to look for when choosing a retinol. Your bottle should not be exposed to light. If it's in a clear bottle, don't buy it. Think about it. If you buy something that is exposed and then it's sitting on your shelves under lights, that it's not going to be good and or stable retinol. You want your retinol in something opaque and in an airless container. The airless container prevents the formula from breaking down. Number two, buy from a trusted brand. Remember, not all skincare is created equal. A do-it-yourself form of retinol is a waste of money because it won't be formulated right or stable. Number three, if you are using one now and your skin always feels sensitive, then something is wrong. Bad product, wrong formulation, maybe your skin doesn't like it. We never want to continuously use a product that causes our skin to be sensitive. That compromises our barrier and will affect every other product we put on our skin. You've got to give it at least like two to three months if you start this And if you start this young, you may not even know for sure if it's working, but if you are using a reputable brand like mine, you will benefit from it. And when I say if you start this young, meaning if you're doing this preventatively, meaning if you don't have all these like skin issues yet, then obviously you're not going to necessarily see the benefits, but know that it's working if you're using a reputable brand. Okay, let's go to the next ingredient. In regards to skincare products and even devices, I have often said that sometimes too much is just as bad as not enough. This applies to an enzyme called tyrosinase. Melanin protects your skin from harmful harmful UV rays and gives your skin, hair, and eyes their natural color. Overproduction can lead to unwanted tan, pigmented patches, and dark spots. Luckily, we have tyrosinase inhibitors. The lack of tyrosinase activity is responsible for albinism. Oh my gosh, when you're when you're an albino. Seriously, you guys, what is wrong with me? I don't usually have this much trouble pronouncing words. Tyrosinase re- works by oxidizing an amino acid called tyrosine. Ty- oh my gosh. Tyro- tyros- tyrosine. Oh, you guys, seriously. Should I stop? Should I stop for the day? Called tyrosine to create melanin. The enzyme is essentially found in melanocytes, your pigment-producing cells. Tyrosinase helps in controlling and regulating the amount of melanin produced. When your skin is exposed to UV light, tyrosinase in your body produces melanin in order to prevent UV-induced damage. So where do we get tyrosinase to use in skincare? Various microbes like bacteria, fungi, plants, and animals. Mushrooms contain at least 10 different isoforms of tyrosinase. Have you noticed that if you leave mushrooms in your fridge for too long, they start to become dark in color? This happens because of the increased tyrosinase in them. You know what you will never find in my refrigerator? Mushrooms. (laughs) I do not like them. But... I used to work in restaurants, so I do remember that they would become dark. It's interesting, right? Okay, tyrosinase inhibitors are chemicals that directly or indirectly inhibit the production of melanin in the skin. Tyrosinase inhibitors, here are just a few. Hydroquinone, which I'm not a super fan of. Kojic acid, which is derived from fungi. Alpha-arbutin, which is derived from bearberry. And this one is said to be one of the most effective. Azalic acid, and this is derived from wheat, barley, and rye. 
Retinoids, as we know, we just talked about, derived from vitamin A, licorice extract, and one of my favorite ingredients, vitamin C. So I hope everybody really over the age of 18 should be using vitamin C. So you're already using one if you're using vitamin C. There you go. Okay, let's talk about the next ingredient, peptides. What is a peptide, also called polypeptides? They naturally occur in the skin. Peptides are amino acids that make up certain proteins needed by the skin. An example of this is collagen. Collagen is made of three polypeptide chains. So adding peptides can stimulate your skin to make collagen. I've always been a fan of peptides, and I finally found a line that primarily focuses on peptides. And it's interesting because I have often thought that I kind of go against the grain a bit when it comes to skin. I don't know many estheticians that recommend grapeseed oil. I know a little bit more because some of them are doing that because I know they got the idea from me because we've actually talked. But I've been doing that for, you know, nine years now. I think a little differently, and I kind of like that. And my clients get results, so that's what matters. Well, this new skincare company, well, it's not new. It's a skincare company that I have been using for a while. It's really amazing, and I love that they are thinking outside of the box, and they are all about peptides. And one of the reasons I love them is that because they have a much more gentle approach to the skin. They don't even have retinols. I like retinols, as I said before, but they are known to be tough on the skin. So you have to be super careful when using them, as I said before. And so since making the switch to these new serums, and I don't even know how long I've been using them now, and I, my skin is so much better, so much healthier. It has, the skin tone is so much more even. I just feel, it's just the overall improvement is astounding, actually. I mean, the fact that, you know, like I said, it was by the time you listen to it, it's just my birthday, 44 years old. I don't think I look 44. Maybe I'm wrong. People have told me I don't. I don't think I do. And I don't do Botox. I don't get fillers. And the difference that these serums specifically, I, I mean, my skin was in pretty good condition before using them, but I feel like these serums with these peptides really made a difference, really like upped my skin game. So peptides are really where it's at because they work with your skin because you have peptides. So People don't react to these new serums because of the peptides and the fact that we naturally make them in our own skin, as I just said, similar to hyaluronic acids. Peptides can penetrate the top layer of the skin. Peptides can be thought of as messengers for the other cells. They send signals telling the cells to produce collagen and elastin. And that's what we want. We want to keep that skin tight. Your skin barrier is the first line of defense against bacteria, UV rays, and pollution. It's pretty easy to damage our skin's barrier, which is why I am always promoting products that help keep your skin strong. Peptides can do that for you. They help with wrinkles by plumping the skin. They can help ease inflammation even out skin tone, and some peptides are antimicrobial, which means they can kill bacteria. Hello, that's amazing. 
Okay, so I guess you guys can tell that I love peptides. <laughs> I know, I'm obsessed. What can I say? I just, I think they're awesome. All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is niacinamide. This is a big one. You don't hear about it as much as glycolic or retinol for some reason, but I really do think it's starting or really has started like before, maybe like a few months ago, a year ago, whatever, has has become big in the skincare world. I mean, it's always been big in the skincare world, but I mean, it's become a buzz world. Uh, like I hear it a lot, like social media and stuff like that. It's a good one and should definitely be part of your skincare routine. And if you use my products, you're probably already using it. So it's, you got it. Don't worry about it. Niacinamide is really great for everyone. I do know it's in my vitamin C for sure. So if you're using my vitamin C, you're good. If you're not using my vitamin C, you should order it because it's amazing. I love it and everybody should be on vitamin C. Okay. <laughs> Not for my soapbox. We haven't even talked about vitamin C yet, and I feel like I've mentioned it 15 million times. Okay, so what is it? Niacinamide is a form of niacin, vitamin B3. Our bodies do not produce this on its own, but we can get it from a well-rounded diet. Niacin helps convert food into energy. Niacinamide is effective as a skincare ingredient because it has the ability to penetrate the outermost layer of the skin. And one of the best things about it is that the pH is almost neutral, which means that it's stable in most formulas and most likely will not irritate the skin. Niacinamide can be found in a lot of different skincare products, but I like it best in a serum. Serums are formulated using smaller molecules so that that it can penetrate deeper within the skin. This means that it's more effective for the skin than if it was in a moisturizer. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the different skin issues and conditions that niacinamide can help. So if you have dry and dehydrated skin, remember dry means lack of oil, dehydrated means lack of water. Most likely this is caused because your moisture barrier has, my moisture barrier has been compromised. You guys, I swear I have not had a lick of alcohol in so long, but it, it just, it sounds like I have. I'm recording this early in the morning, so maybe that's the problem, but I feel wide awake. I don't know what's wrong with me, but my goodness gracious. Okay, the skin's moisture barrier, also known as the lipid barrier, is responsible for locking in moisture and keeping your skin hydrated and healthy. When this barrier is damaged, it creates tiny invisible cracks in the skin, and that allows moisture to leave easily, and that makes it difficult for the skin to stay hydrated. Overexfoliation, harsh products, topical prescriptions, overuse of certain products, and dry weather are just a few of the ways to get to get de to get dehydrated skin. Seriously. Niacinamide stimulates the production of ceramides also known as lipids, and that is what makes up a healthy barrier. Therefore, it will help your skin retain water and prevent TUL, which is transepidermal water loss. It can also help large pores. Have you ever met someone who said, I love my large pores? 
Yeah, me neither. This is a very common issue that most people, that everyone really wants fixed. Niacinamide can help with this problem. Niacinamide's capacity to manage sebum is a piece of what makes it extraordinary at making, making smaller pores or making pores smaller, because it doesn't actually create pores. It's been clinically demonstrated to make pores smaller and improve the skin. Too much oil will stretch the pore walls. Less oil equals less stretching. Niacinamide also helps build collagen. Our natural collagen production drops off after the age of 25, that's so depressing, and as this quickens, the structure of our pore walls gets weaker. This leads to more stretching of the pores, which is why they tend to get bigger as we age. Niacinamide stimulates collagen, so it's a great ingredient to use to help prevent aging. And don't forget, large pores on the nose is very common and our nose never stops growing. I'm really sorry about that. It's a problem for me too. Okay, so oily and acneic skin. Niacinamide handles acne in a couple of various ways. It decreases inflammation inside the skin gives a slight antimicrobial action and manages sebum. Niacinamide has potent anti-inflammatory properties. This makes it particularly useful for treating inflammatory acne like pustules and papules. Antimicrobial properties help minimize acne-causing bacteria. Niacinamide can also help with clogged pores because they help to regulate sebum production. Is there a reason not to use niacinamide? There's really not. I mean, especially with the fact that, you know, everybody can use it because it doesn't hurt the skin. So if you have sensitive or red skin, niacinamide is a healing ingredient that will repair damage and boost the skin's natural defense. The stronger the skin, the less vulnerable the skin if aggressive external factors. Niacinamide is gentle enough that it can help even help with rosacea. I talked earlier about dry and dehydrated skin and those tiny cracks in the barrier that allow moisture to leave the skin. Well, it doesn't just let moisture leave. Those cracks also allow irritants to enter the skin. So again, the stronger your barrier, the less likely your skin will be prone to sensitivity and irritation. Niacinamide can do a lot for the skin, and I highly recommend it for everyone. All right, so let's talk about ceramides. I've mentioned them a couple of times so far, but they are so good for the skin. Ceramides can be derived from plants or bioidentical forms can be created synthetically. Now, both types are going to work very effectively, but that just assume, that is assuming that they are in a well-formulated products. Ceramides are known for their water retention capacity, hello, hydration, and adding them to a skincare product helps provide replenishing and restorative benefits. Basically, they help strengthen skin's barrier and can improve, improve elasticity, and we all need that to happen. So that's ceramides, very simple. You want them, you need them, use them, they're good for the skin. Hyaluronic acid, this occurs naturally in the dermis, but we lose it as we age. And we actually stop making it, I think it's pretty early, like around the age of 20. So it's, it's just crazy. I'm like, why can't we just keep making it forever? It is thought to play a critical role in healthy skin by controlling the physical and biochemical characteristics of epidermal cells. It also regulates general skin activity, 
such as water content, elasticity, and the distribution of nutrients. Its water absorption abilities and large molecule structure allow the epidermis to achieve greater suppleness. Hyaluronic acid is a natural moisturizer with excellent water binding capabilities. Hyaluronic acid is also a humectant, which means that it draws moisture from its surroundings. Okay, now that we got all that sciencey stuff out of the way, I'm going to break it down and make it easy to understand. Hyaluronic acid has the ability to replenish a lot of moisture. One gram of hyaluronic acid can hold up to six liters of water. That's really impressive. Hyaluronic acid doesn't just work inside the skin, it also helps with the outer surface layers by making the skin look and feel softer. Hyaluronic acid benefits, anti-aging ingredient, fine lines and wrinkles. The more the skin is hydrated, the more plump it looks, and that is what helps with the lines. So think of you think of like somebody who is 15 years old, their skin, because they're so young, their skin is naturally plump. When your skin is hydrated, that's what happens. Your skin starts to look plump. That's why so many women will get fillers because they start to lose that plumpness as they age. Hyaluronic acid can help with that. It also helps with dry and dehydrated skin, sensitive skin, redness. Hyaluronic acid needs to be used consistently to get the full benefits because it breaks down in the skin 24 to 48 hours of applying it. This is not the case with hyaluronic acid injections because the technology used is different. When skin is protected and hydrated, there is increased cell production because the skin isn't fighting for hydration. Basically, by using this ingredient, the skin can focus on what it needs to do. Hyaluronic acid has its place in a lot of skincare products, but I like it best in serums. I know I say this all the times, but it's true. It's because the serums penetrate the skin. It can have the most benefits that way too. It's still nice in a moisturizer because it will help the skin look and feel better, but that is a more temporary benefit. Okay, we are going to talk about vitamin C, my most favorite. Okay, here we go. As professionals, estheticians know that vitamin C is one of the best ingredients to use for the skin. It helps with skin aging, inflammation, which you don't always know you have, suppresses free radical activity, brightens discoloration, and even skin tone. I've actually had clients tell me that it seems to lessen their hyperpigmentation, but really their skin tone is evening out and the health of their skin has improved. If you're having some issues with your skin and you're not sure which product is causing the issue, then you should stop any that have acids, vitamin C, or retinol. Wait a few days, then you can introduce one product back in at a time. Here are some things to consider when choosing a vitamin C serum. Vitamin C should not cause dryness, redness, or irritation. Check to see which kind of vitamin C you are using. Not all are created equal. Ascorbic acid or L-ascorbic acid are unstable forms and can sometimes irritate the skin, especially those who are sensitive. These acids have a low pH, so therefore create an acidic effect on the skin. That can encourage, that can then encourage free radicals to have a party on your skin, counteracting the reason for using vitamin C. Those are not bad forms of vitamin C though, but just not everyone can use them. 
Research has shown that magnesium ascorbyl phosphate is the best to fight free radicals in skin aging. And don't forget that free radicals are what can damage the skin. Magnesium ascorbyl phosphate is the only type of vitamin C I can use. Blackheads should get better with vitamin C, not worse. What can happen when you use the ascorbic acid? It oxidizes quickly on the skin, therefore creating more blackheads. Watch the color of your vitamin C. You want it to be a lighter color. If it starts to turn brown or coppery, then it has already oxidized and you will not get the full effects of that ingredient. When it comes down to it, I think it's best to avoid ascorbic acid and L-ascorbic acid. That's my opinion. So many estheticians, you know, like I said, we all have different opinions on ingredients, but sometimes when something is high maintenance, it's not worth it, especially when you have other options. I just prefer the magnesium. It's MAP for short, magnesium ascorbyl phosphate. I just prefer that form of vitamin C. I don't like things that are going to be tricky once it hits the skin. Why have something else to deal with? Packaging is something else to look at. A lot of companies are using airless pumps, which are great and important if using ascorbic acid. So I get asked a lot about different products from different skincare lines, especially over-the-counter product lines. I'm sure people get sick of me saying that I don't recommend those products. And it's because there are so many things to consider when choosing a product for your skin, Why would I choose an inferior product with inferior ingredients? It's not about money, and anyone who listens to my podcast should know that about me. I want what's best for your skin. I'm in groups on Facebook, and so many people have issues with so many different things, but continue to use the same products or a variation of it because it worked for someone else. I'm not over here just trying to sell some product. I'm trying to get you the best skin you can have, not your friend. Paying attention to all the little things and making sure that the ingredients you put on your skin are the best for you. Even if you don't see it now, you could be paying the price later. Your skin has a memory and how you treat it at 30 will be remembered when you're 40, 50, so on. I probably spend less money and time on my skin since using the right products. I am the perfect example of someone who wasn't using the right ingredients and suffering the consequences. My skin is so completely different than it was a few years ago. It's still sensitive, but it can handle so much more. And like I've said, it looks and feels so much better than it did. And I've shown before and after pictures on on my social media because it's kind of incredible how much better my skin. I mean, I have lightened it. I've gotten rid of the the pigmentation, not lightened it, but gotten rid of the pig, the hyperpigmentation. Melasma is not really an issue for me, thank goodness. And I just, it, it's just in better condition. So I'm really happy with where my skin is at. And I know that it has to do with the quality of the ingredients, the quality of the products that I that I choose to use. Anyways, I know this was a big episode. This was a lot of information, but I hope that it it helped. I tried to give you just like the like the big main points of of all the stuff that I thought was important for um, each of the ingredients that I talked about. 
Please reach out if you have any questions about any of these ingredients, and I will definitely uh, try to help you. But I, I do know maybe you'll have to listen a couple times to, to get all the information because I, I I know that it was I know that it was a lot, but I think that it's important. I think that you know even if you're gonna you know the point of this podcast is not just so that you'll become my client. A lot of the point of this podcast is so that if you want to try to figure out your skin yourself, you're able to, you know, I'm teaching you how to pick out ingredients and what's good for your skin and what you may, and what you may need. But I'm always here if you, if you need the help. Thank you so much for listening today. Please follow me on social media at PureSkinOC, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I'm everywhere. You can't get rid of me. I post lots of skincare tips, just like the podcast. It's not, you know, necessarily specific to the products that I that I sell. It's just general skincare skincare tips. Share the podcast, share my social media. Don't be stingy. Come on, guys. I appreciate all the love. And then don't forget to give the podcast five-star reviews. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to get this to grow and make it blow up and so everybody can listen to it because I just, I'm just, as I keep saying, I just love doing it. So more reviews, more listeners. I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. I hope you guys are having a wonderful summer and we will talk next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye.